Today's daf is Ksubis daf nun gimel, and we have three lines from the bottom of daf nun beis amid beis rav papa. Today's daf is being learned for ilu nishmas chayim alazar ben yibadol lechayim rib shimshin arye. So today's daf is going to continue to discuss the tnoi ksuba, and it's going to begin behemshach to yesterday's daf, and that is to discuss the detail that's mentioned in the ksuba that's known as Ksubas Benin Dichren. So let's just hazard and really introduce, again, what exactly Ksubas Benin Dichren was. A woman that came into a marriage with a Nadunya, in the event that she died, her husband would yarshin the Nadunya. If the husband now dies, his sons, regardless of how many women he had those sons with, would all equally... Yarshin, his estate. Ksubas Benindichrin states that any money that the father of these sons had because he yarshined them from a particular wife should go when he dies to the sons of that woman. So that whereas ordinarily all the money, all the Arusha would be divided equally amongst the sons to the extent that there's a Nadunya that's going over by Arusha now and he got the Nadunya from one of his wives, that Nadunya should go to the sons of that wife. Now the concept of Ksubas Benindichrin is a very big Kiddush. Midairaisa, even Midrabanan, that's not the way it should be. It was a Takanas Chazal that it should be that way. Why did Chazal make the Takana? So the Gemara said, Why was it that the Chacham made this Takana? It's because we wanted to incentivize fathers to give a nice Nadunya. Now, what would disincentivize the father from giving a nice Nadunya? The idea that he knows that I'm going to give a Nadunya. What happens if my daughter. Rahman al-Itzlan passes away. Her husband's going to yash and everything. Then when he dies, it's going to go to his children. It's going to end up leaving my family. So you don't want the father of the bride to be second-guessing himself when he writes the Nadunya based on these cheshbainas. So for that reason, Chazal said there's a good way to work around this. And that is, what we're going to say is that in the event that this man ever dies, so the money is going to go over be Yerusha, but dafka to his enaklach, to his daughter's sons, like this, he's a little bit more comfortable by giving away a bigger nadunya. The Gemara continued, and the Gemara said that there's even a posik that would seem to support this concept, it's a posik in Yermio, the Rishonim say that if it's a posik, specifically in Divrei Kabbalah, so it could be it's even a, a Dindai Raisa. How do we treat the Rikabola? So it could be this idea of Ksubis Benindichrin actually touches on a Deiraisa. But regardless, whether it's a Deiraisa, whether it's a Drabonon, the Rabbanon have a right to manipulate monies the way they want to. It's a special Kayak that they have known as Hefker Bezd and Hefker. Ksubis Benindichrin was a, a classic example of where they invoked this power that they had. With that introduction, the Gemara now is going to go into discussing some halachis regarding Ksubas Benindichrin. But before the halachis, we begin with an anecdote. We begin with a Maisa Shahaya, Kachaya, with the great Amoira Rav Papa. So, the Gemara, Rav Papa, Yasakli Lebrei, Rav Papa did a Shidduch, Bei Abba with Abba Sura. Now, it's interesting, Rashi tells us the rest of the story, and that is that Abba Sura was actually Rav Papa's Shver. So Rapapa's son is marrying the daughter of Abasura, which means Rapapa's son is marrying Rapapa's own Shver's daughter. 
Now the Mephorshe HaGemara speak out that obviously this son that Rav Papa had must have been not from the wife that was Abbasura's daughter. Because if that were the case, then this is a little Yavamis, Rav Papa's son would be marrying Achois Imoy, which is an Erva. So that's not something that's okay. So Rav Papa's son is not marrying Achois Imoy, but he's marrying his father's Achois Ishtoy. Regardless, so the Gemara says Rav Papa is being Meshadich with Abbasura. Incidentally, he was called Abbasura because his name was Abba and he lived in Sura. So Rav Papa now has to sit down, he has to negotiate with the Mechotin. The negotiation is going to be regarding the Nadunya. My son is marrying your daughter and I expect you to give a nice Nadunya. Now this had an a little extra flavor to it because the Mechutin happens to be his own Shver. See, he's negotiating with a Shver not for his own Nadunya, but for his son's Nadunya. Either way, so he goes to Abba Surah, they sit down together, and as he's about to go, Shama Yehuda Bamaremar. Yehuda Bamaremar, who was the Mar, the Asr and Surah, heard that Rapapa came. So if Rapapa all of a sudden came to town, Sadik Bolair, Pashkevillin, so he was very excited. So he went to, to go see him. So he was Malavin to the house of Abba so as they came to the doorstep of Abu Surah, Yehuda Bam Reimer said, with the negotiations, I'm going to go back and, you know, I hope everything goes well. Omar Leis, Rapapa told Yehuda Bam Reimer, Neil Mar Bahadoy, why don't you come in with me? Right, he called him Mar. So you see the, the esteem that he held him in. This is Rapapa talking. So he says, Mar, Rebbe, why don't you come in with me? So he saw Rapapa did that Yehuda Bam Reimer wasn't so comfortable. He didn't want to come in with him. Omar Leis, he told him, why don't you want to come? Oh, I know why. Because probably you're not such a a big fan of this whole Nadunya based on what? Because Shmuel told Rabbi Yehuda Shinana. So we know Shmuel used to refer to his Talmud Muvik Rabbi Yehuda as Shinana. Shmuel told Rabbi Yehuda you should never be an aide. Don't be party to a transaction that involves Avuri Achsanta, that involves a father giving away money where it's going to, in the spirit of the law, violate the Dine Yerusha. Meaning, the Torah prescribes very, very specifically in a very great detail how Yerusha is supposed to happen. So if someone gives away money in a way, he does estate planning, which is going to result in Avuri Achsanta, Sashmul told Rabbi Yehuda, I'm not so comfortable with this, never be an aid on such a shtar. He went right, he said, I feel me brought Even if the nature of this shtar is, is that there's a father that has two sons and one's a bratava, the other one is a brabisha, and he wants to take the money away from the brabisha, the son that's not behaving properly, and give it to the son that is behaving properly. Even then, why? So you would say because ben kachu ben kach Literally, that's not the reason. He said the lo yadiyah mazara nafak He said because you don't know where your real naches and where you're gonna maybe have more chashuva enaklech from. Yeah, you assume it's the bratava. This bratbisha may have children. Maybe he himself you don't even have any hope for anymore. But do you know what's gonna come from him? So don't throw him away and don't chalilo in any way be merachikim and don't take away money from him. The Kolshkein and then Shmuel told Rabbi Yehud if I'm telling this to you from a bro bisho the bro tava certainly be bro the parto from a son to a daughter but the bottom line is so Rapapa saw a hesitance by Yehuda Mamreimer. He says, Oh, is that the reason you don't want to come? You don't want to get involved in a Nadunya? Because the Nadunya is taking money from the sons, giving it to the daughters. So every dollar that the daughter gets is coming on the cheshman of their brothers. So he said, Maybe that's why you don't want to do it. But he told them that that's not a reason. Because 
What I'm doing now is, is associated with the, the concept of Ksubas Ben which we know Chazal already wanted. You don't even have a Vachulu, but we're supposed to remember the Gemara from yesterday's laugh that we spoke at in the introduction. The Rabbi Yechon said in the name of Shem Bayechai that Chazal made a Ksubas Ben Why? Because they wanted for others to give an Adunyo. So you see from there that it's a good thing for a father to give an Adunyo. So he said, Why don't you want to come? So what's the problem? The problem is because you don't like the transaction, because it violates it's the spirit of Nachlas, based on what Shmuel told Shinina, like Tavi Baburi Achsanta, Afilomi Brabisha Lebratova, Kalvachimer in a case like this, he says, no, this is all something that the Chama wanted. And we even mentioned, it's based on a Pasuk in Yermi, oh, the Chazal wanted that a father shouldn't give an Adunya. So what's your problem? Amalese, he told him, no, 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 you don't understand. I have no issues with what you're doing. But Hani Mili Midaite, a father should give an Adunya, but it should come Midaite, La Suye Nami, but could you force him? You can't force a shver to do it. And I don't want to come because it's going to be that I'm forcing him. I'm a lazy. told I never told you to force him. I mean, I just said, come with me. Why don't you come with me? He told him, If I'm going to be sitting in the presence of this meeting, the shver is going to be uncomfortable and he's going to end up doing something that really he didn't want to do. The Gemara says, Rapapa heard what he said, he was kaifa, he forced Yehuda to come and sit in with him. He was there, he didn't say one word. He just said, Now Abba Surah sees that Yehuda he's the Mara Asra, he's sitting over there at this meeting and he wasn't, uh, he wasn't talking. He assumed maybe the reason he's not talking is because he's upset at me. Why is he upset? Maybe he thinks I'm not giving a nice enough nadunya for my daughter. So he gave away everything. I am hear. But either way, he gave away everything. Afterwards, he told him, and he looked at him, and he thought for sure Yehuda Bamrema would be so happy, be proud of him. He give him a nice tap on the back. He would say something. He still didn't say anything. He said, "You're still not talking to me." And he said, "I swear in the name of the Rebbe." I didn't leave over one thing. I have nothing left. So why are you still upset at me? Amalei. So he told him. He says, "No, Abusro, you didn't understand. If it were up to me, I feel the cost was I would have told you you gave too much." I never wanted you to give all this. He said, so why were you quiet? So he told him why he was quiet. He said, Shalom, this was one big Mekach Tais. I gave all this because I thought you were upset at me. I thought I had to give it away. Now, I have nothing. And all of a sudden, so what am I supposed to do? Oh, they say, told him, he says, you know, let me be Chayzer. Let me, let me take it back. Let me unwind this. Oh, they told him, no, you can't wind it. Unwind it. That's already not good for your reputation. That's not something you should do. Now, is this what Rapapa had in mind when he wanted Yehuda Bar to come in with him? I don't know, but either way, it certainly worked out for our papa's sons. Incidentally, which one of our papa's sons was it? Which one of our papa? We know our papa had ten sons of Hadron faith. It was Abba Mori. Abba Mori bar papa. That was the son. So Rav Yemar Saba me Rav Nachman. So Rav Yemar Saba asked Rav Nachman the following question. Now we're going to get into the Lambdas a little bit. So just to understand Ksubas Ben on a little bit of a more nuanced level, because really it's the Haktama to the next part of the daf, And that is, so... The idea of Nadunya is that a father gives his daughter a Nadunya, take this money, and bring it into the marriage. Now, when the husband and wife are married, who owns it? Who owns the Nadunya? So it goes up in value, it goes down in value, the payers. So this gets involved in Nechzimalug and Nechzitzim Barzal. That's not something we have to talk about now. What we do need to talk about now, and it's the more obvious component to the Nadunya, 
is that ultimately the fate of the Nadunya is going to depend on how this marriage ends. Meaning, in the event that the man dies or the man divorces his wife, she's now going to collect her ksuba. If she was a psula, masayim, if she was an amana, amana, any toysis ksuba, additionally, she's going to get the nadunya. So the nadunya is going to end up being hers. In the event that she dies, he's going to yarshin the ksuba. He's not going to have a chiv to give the masayim zuz. He's not going to have a chiv to give the mana. He's also going to be a yorish. He's going to yarshin the nadunya that she brought into her house. So at the end of the day, literally, Who's going to own the Nadunya is going to really depend on who dies first or whether or not there's a get. So in the event that he dies or he's Megarisher, she's going to end up yarshining the entire Nadunya. In the event that she dies, he is going to be the one that's going to get the Nadunya. Who owns the Nadunya and all those nuances, Bechaim that's a whole different schmooze. But in terms of at the end of the day, so really it depends on who ends up dying first. Which means that if you think about it from a financial perspective, she owns the Nadunya a little bit, he owns the Nadunya a little bit, or better, if she wanted to sell the Nadunya, there's something she could sell, and if he wanted to sell the Nadunya, there's something he could sell. Argumar is going to focus on what happens if she wants to sell the Nadunya. She decides, I want to sell my Ksuba. I want to sell my Nadunya. So if you think about it from the perspective of there's a chance she's going to get it, and there's a chance that she's not going to get it if he dies, or if he gives her a get, she's going to get the whole Ksuba. So... She has what to sell. If she dies first, she'll never really take possession of the ksuba. And as a result, she really had nothing to sell. So if this woman decided that she wants to go out into the market and, and sell her ksuba, in theory, it's something she could do. But at the same time, buyer beware. Because understand that what you're buying is something that may have value, may not have value. Naturally any price that she's going to get will probably be discounted. Taking in the risk analysis of what are the chances that it will end up being hers and that the mechira is going to be a mechira, and we'll leave that for all the financial guys. But the bottom line is, is that our Gemara is talking about this woman who has this ksuba, who maybe or maybe not will end up taking it in the event that she goes ahead and sells it, which is something she could do. What's the shaila? How does it affect Ksubas Benindich? That's the next Gemara. Talk to Mark. Rabbi Rabbi Yehma Sava, Rabbi Nachman, Rabbi Yehma the Elder. He asked Rabbi Nachman the following question: Machar Ksubas Alabayla. What happens if the woman sells her Ksuba to her husband? This is going to be the first of many cases that the Gemara is going to talk about. So let's say she sells the entire Ksuba to her husband. She tells her husband, "Listen, you know, you owe me a Ksuba in the event of." I'm willing to sell it to you. What are you willing to give me? They work out a price. The question is this: Now. She ended up dying. Ordinarily, he would have had to pay out a ksuba. He didn't have to pay out the ksuba. Why not? Because he bought it. So there's no ksuba to pay out. Then he died. Is there ksuba spnindichrin? Or ain't no ksuba spnindichrin? What's the shaila? Do we say that being that he never yarshened the ksuba... So the law of Ksubas Benindichrin never went into effect. Right, what's Ksubas Benindichrin? A man yarshins the Nadunya from his wife, then he dies. So the Yerusha gets divided disproportionately. It goes to the children of the woman who brought the Nadunya into the family. Well, that's only L'chaira, based on the language of the Ksubas Benindichrin. Maybe in the event that she died, he yarshined her. Now the Nechassim are going to go over to her sons. But if he got her Nadunya not because of Yerusha, but because he actually bought it, Pekasef Male. So who said the Zalacha, Ksubas Benindichrin? 
or maybe no. Being that at the end of the day, what did she sell? She sold her nedunya. So the nedunya is still a chetza of nedunya, and as a result, the laws of Ksubas Benedichrin are going to be into a, in effect. And that was the question that Rav Yemar Saber asked Rav Nachman. Amalei Rav, so Rav heard the Shailo, and he told Rav Yemar Saber, Why are you asking from a case where a woman sold her nedunya? Why don't you ask a case where a woman was meichel her nedunya? Now Rashi speaks out, and Toysfis, that why would it be better to talk about meicheles versus meicheres? That's a better case? I mean, ultimately, it's the same question. The man died. He owned the Yerusha, meaning the Nadunya at the time that he died, but he didn't get it via Yerusha. He got it through some other means. Does it matter if he bought it or does it matter that he got it through Mechila? So Rashi and Tais both say the same tarots, and that is it's because Mechila was more shriach, which is interesting. It was more shriach that a woman would be moichel her ksuba than it was that she would sell her ksuba. You would think, Fakarit, why would you just walk away from the ksuba? But I guess in the world of giving a nachas ruach to your husband, maybe this was something that was a little bit more shkech. But the point is, it was more matzli that a, a woman would be meichel. So the Rav's question was, that why are you asking from the far-fetched case where she sold it? A woman's not such a soicher. It's probably not what happened. What probably happened was she was meichel. So talk about the case that's a little bit more shkech. Amalese, he told him, no. The reason I didn't ask from Achilo, and if you look in Rashi, there's some hard Rashi's head to understand the Gemara, we're going to go with what I think Toysus is saying, the second Toysus from the Yomid, and that, on, on the top of the Yomid, and that is, the reason I'm asking by Meicheres is because when a woman sells, so why would she sell her ksuba? It sounds like she was a shtickle desperate. It sounds like she needed to raise some money. And as a result, she sold her ksuba. This was a, an asset that she owned, and she really didn't want to. She was an oinus. Zuzi So there I could say, it's as if somebody was mamish hitting her and forcing her to sell it. What was hitting her? Her need, her desperation to have to come onto the money. So because she was selling it, Mahmas desperation. So over there, there's a svara to say that even though she sold it, but in the mechira, she never had das to give away the schus of ksubas brindikrin for her children. So it was never included in the mechira. But mecheles, you don't have such a svar. Because if she was meichel, obviously she's not desperate for the money. So she seems pretty confident that everything will be okay. So if, if she was meichel, so in that case already, there's no svar to say necessarily that she held back the schus of ksubas brindikrin. So there we assume that when she was meichel, she was meichel everything. And she was even meichel the ksus of the schus of ksubas brindikrin. And it's for that reason I never asked the question. So Ravi Masabri explained to Ravi, he said, I never asked by Michaelis. Because Michaelis, I think it's Pasha. I think if a woman's Michael or Ksuba, she walks away from the Ksuba. If there's no Ksuba, there's no Ksuba Spindikran. What is Ksuba Spindikran? It's a sift cotton in the Ksuba. So if she walked away from the Ksuba, she walked away from the Ksuba Spindikran. Michaelis is a little different because Michaelis sounds like she was an oinus. She was forced into it. She was forced into it. So now we could psychoanalyze it a little bit. And then we could say maybe she sold it and a Hanami. But at the same time, to walk away from the Schos Ksuba Spindikran, that not. As for that reason, I had it sad that it shouldn't be this way. In other words, it's sad that Ksuba Spindikran should still be in effect. That's what it sounds like from the Gemara is based on the das of the Meicher. We assume that, yeah, if a person wants to sell off the schos, ksubas bendechren, you can do it. So it's not so much a lumdis of do we look at the origin of the money, it was Nadunya, or do we look at how the husband got it? He got it through buying it, not through yarshining it. It's more what was the das of this woman when she sold it? Do we assume that she sold the schos of ksubas bendechren as well, or do we not assume that she sold the schos of ksubas bendechren? Zoktigma, what happens if a woman would sell her ksuba? Not to her husband, that was the case we just discussed, but 
to some random person on the street. Over there, for sure, there would be ksubas penindechen. My time, but what's the reason? Because we assume that the reason she sold it is because she felt forced to sell it to raise the money. So Rashi is a little mairich when he explains this Gemara. I think we have to explain it a little bit. And that is, if a woman sells her ksuba to a man on the street, what is he buying? This was the Hakdama that we mentioned before we started this Gemara. He's buying an option, right? I think that's the right English word. He's buying the schos that in the event that she ends up getting the nedunya, why would she get the nedunya? Because he died or because he gave her a get. So then it should be sold to the person that he sold it to. But let's say she dies, then there was really no mechira. So the mechira is a one-sided mechira because it's only a mechira in the event that she has what to sell. We don't know right now whether she has what to sell. That's the way we're simplifying the Gemara. We'll figure it out when the time comes. So at that time, in the event that she ended up yashing, it'll be a mechir. If not, the person bought an option, it expired worthless, and it is what it is. He thought maybe he'd have something, he ended up getting nothing. Good, it's a risk that he took. But the bottom line is, the whole mechir, this is the punchline, is only on the tzad that he dies first, or that he gives her again. What happens if she dies first? Nothing happened. There was no mechira. So if there was no mechira, what happens to the nandunya? The husband ends up yarshin in the nadunya. If he ends up yarshin in the nadunya, he said, Rav, what would be the tzad that shouldn't be ksubas vindichrin? The whole tzad that there shouldn't be ksubas vindichrin is, is because he didn't get it through Yerusha. He got it because he bought it. He got it because she was moichel. Right? These are the cases. But over here, he got it through Yerusha. I, she sold it. No, she sold it in a way where the mechira would only be a mechira if she did not die first, if she does die first, then there was no mechira. So if there was no mechira, so from the husband, from his perspective, he yarshened it the same way he would have yarshened it had she not sold it. So it's posh that there would be ksubas benedichin, right? You know what the problem with what we just said is? It's not what the Gemara says. Rabbi said, Pshitali mecheres ksubasala cherem yeshlo ksubas benedichin. My time, what's the reason? Zuzi It's because of Zuzi So What does Zuzi have to do with anything? There was no mechira on the tzad that she was going to end up dying first. So it, the way the Mepharshim explained Rashi, the Rishonim, is that this part of the Gemara, Zuzi and Sua, Vaistois, Ravu was bavarning another thing. He was bavarning that I understand that from a pure legal perspective, really, this mechira should have no impact on the ksubas benedichin. But the problem is, is that she went ahead and she just sold her ksuba. Chazal didn't like the fact that she'd sold her ksuba. Woman's supposed to have a ksuba, she's not supposed to sell. So being that Chazal didn't like the fact that she sold her ksuba, there would have been a havamina, maybe to give a knas. And maybe the knas would be, lose your schos ksubas benedichin, kamash malon, zuzi ansua. And that's just a terror, it's why they didn't give a knas. So the reason why there's ksubas benedichin is because why shouldn't there be ksubas benedichin? If you understand the longness of the transaction, there's no reason there shouldn't be. Why then did he have to be moisif a new reason my time of zuzi ansua? It's to bavon this other problem. This other problem is, is maybe there should be a knas, kamash malon, this is not going to be a knas. Rav continues. This is all Rav talking. Mecheles ksubas alavailo. In the event that a woman is moichel her ksuba to her husband, she tells her husband, I'm moichel the ksuba. We just saw that earlier. There, there's not going to be any ksubas benedichin. My time, what's the reason? Because she was Michael, and when she's Michael, we assume she's Michael everything. Right? It was only Michael's ksubas alavailo, but then we had it sad that 
being that she did it by Oynes, she wasn't Meichel the Schutz Ksubas Benedichen. By Rava, so all of this was Pasha to Rava. What wasn't Pasha to Rava was the following question. Mecheres Ksubas Alabailo, if she sells her Ksuba to her husband, what's the halacha going to be over there? Can Mecheres Lacherim Dami? Do we look at it as if she sold it to Lacherim? Or can Mecheres Labailo Dami? Or do we look at it as if she was Meichel it to her husband? Now, this Shaila of Boi Rava Mecheres Ksubas Alabailo. Sounds very similar to Rav Yemar Saba's question that he asked Rav Nachman, right? It sounds like the same exact question. So is it the same Shaila? From the Hemshit of the Gemara, it doesn't sound like it. Because just the flow of the Gemara sounds like this is a different question. And it is a different question. And the difference between the two questions were... It's a nuance, but it's a big difference. Rav Yemar Saba was asking Rav Nachman a case where she sold the ksuba. She said, I'm walking away from the ksuba. The whole ksuba is yours. I, I have nothing to do with this ksuba. You can have it. Give me a dollar amount, and I'm out. That was Rav Yemar Saba's question. Rav's question was a little bit different. Rav's question was, was she sold to her husband the option? It was the same mechira that she made to the man on the street. Just the buyer wasn't a man on the street. The buyer was her husband. Now, why should it be different then if she sells it to her husband versus if she sells it to a man on the street? The reason it's different is because if she sells it to her husband, at the end of the day, even though she's only selling the option, it's as if she's selling out completely. The reason it's if she's selling out completely is, is because the husband already owns the other side of this transaction. right? If a woman sells her schus ksuba to uh, the man on the street, so she's selling it in the event of in the event that she's going to yarsh in the ksuba one day, then she has what to sell. Meaning, if he's going to die, or if he's going to give her a get, so that's what she's selling. Now, what happens if she dies? That she can't sell. Because then the husband's going to yarsh in it. It's not hers to sell. If she sells the option to her husband, the side of the transaction that in the event that you, the husband, die, or you give me a get, you can own my ksuba, now he owns a legamri. Because what's the other tzad? What's the chilek that she couldn't sell? What happens if she dies first? Why couldn't she sell it? Because the husband, oh, the husband owns it. So in this case, the husband's going to end up owning everything. So really, it's not the same case. In the first case, she's selling it legamri. In this case, in London, she's really not selling it legamri. She's still a party to the ksuba. It rather just so happens, lamaisa, the husband owns everything. She didn't sell everything, but the husband owns everything, right? It's a geshmakachilik. In the first case, she is she sold out of the ksuba legamri. So halacha lemaisa, does she have any chelik of the ksuba? The answer is no. In this case, she does have a chelik of the ksuba. It's her ksuba. If she dies, it's her ksuba. Oh, rather, he's going to yash in it. But being that he bought what he was missing, so at the end of the day, even though she didn't sell out completely, on a practical level, he owns everything. And that's why Rava thought this question might be a little bit different. So that was the Shailah. If she is my cheres, ksuba, so la cherem, yesh lo ksuba's been different. The question is, what if she sold the ksuba, this chelik of the ksuba, she sold it to her husband? Do we look at it as if she was my cheres, la cherem, so there will be ksuba's been different? Or do we look at it as if she was my cheres, so there's not going to be ksubas mendechim because being that at the end of the day the husband owns the whole thing so maybe we look at it as if she sold out legamri or if she was meichelas so maybe in this case the is going to be ksubas mendechim so after Rav asked this question he was pushing it and he said meicheres ksuba lebaylo ke meicheres lacherim there's no difference if he's meicheres lebaylo meicheres lacherim and just like when she's meicheres lacherim the halachas she retains her ksubas mendechim so too if she's meicheres lebaylo she's going to retain the ksubas mendechim as well masiv rav idi baravin.
Vidi by Rabin, ask the cash on this. He said, Meso, the loch is in the event that she dies, in Yershin Shalzeh, in Yershin Shalzeh, Yershin Ksuvasa. So, this is an excerpt of a Mishnah. The Messiah Sasha says the Mishnah is in Yavomis, that pays Ainam a days, and it's the Mishnah right in the beginning of Perako Isha Rabba. So, this is a Mishnah that we learned a lot about in the end of Masech Desivomis. The whole latter part of Masech Desivomis really started with this Mishnah, and it discussed the Isha Shaholach Bible of Ninasayam. And Neidechot came and said, your husband died. She went and she got married based on the Eidos of Neidechot. Eidos Isha Hikilu, she got married based on his testimony. And then, lo and behold, the husband showed up. So it turns out that she's married really to two men. So what do you do? So the Allah has teitzim mizeh and there's a whole bunch of knosses, very cruel and unusual, in terms of the way we treat this Nebuch, this woman who was told that her husband wasn't alive. She seemed to have followed the Allah and still... We're very, very machmer with her. One of the Allah is, Mesa, if she dies, in Yarshin Shalzev, in Yarshin Shalzev, Yarshin Ksubasa. Her Yarshin from either one of these marriages are not going to Yarshin her Ksubasa. And the Gemara asked the Kasha on this line of the Mishnah, Ksubasa, Mayavidite. Earlier in the Mishnah, the Mishnah says she doesn't even get a Ksuba. This woman is out, right? She can't stay married to any of these two men. And she doesn't even get ksuba, so she has no ksuba. So why do I need to know that that in the event that she dies, her yarshin don't yarshin the ksuba? And the Gemara said, Amr Papa, Papa was masber. He said ksuba has been indichrin. That you know what the Mishnah meant when the Mishnah said when yarshin shall zeh, the yarshin shall zeh, yarshin ksubasa. What it means is ksuba has been indichrin. It means that any nedunya that meaning she doesn't get any ksuba, but if she brought nedunya. And then she died, so the husband now is for sure going to yarshin the nedunya. When he dies, so then there's not going to be the halacha of ksubas benendechren. So one of the things that she loses out in this whole scenario is ksubas benendechren. The Gemara's kash is why does she lose ksubas benendechren? Just like we said that a woman that sells her ksuba, the halacha is she maintains ksubas benendechren because we assume zuzi ansa. She was forced into selling it because she needed the money. So there's this new svara called zuzi ansa. Right, that's the part of the previous Gemara that we're focusing on now. The concept of Zuzi Ansa. So here too, why don't we say Yetzer Ansa? Why don't we say that she didn't just frivolously do something that would cause her to lose her Ksuba? Nebuch. She, did, she was forced into it. The Yetzer. The Yetzer. She wanted, to be, she wanted to be married. So you're right. She didn't do a proper uh, investigation. And it turns out that she was really an anxious when she got married. But why don't we say, just like Zuzi Ansa is enough reason to say she doesn't walk away from the Ksuba. Yetzer Ansa should do the same thing. So the Gemara says, Hasam Knosahu the Kansur Rabbanon. He said, the truth is, you're right, you should say Yetzer Ansa, just like we say Zuzi Ansa. The reason we don't do it is, it's a Knas of the Chachamim, and really, in order to fully appreciate this, we have to go back to those Gemaras in, in Yavamis, where the Gemara says that that whole Mishnah there that talks about all the different Chumras, they taka are very, very unusual Chumras, things that you don't usually find. And why the Chachamim make those Chumras? The Gemara said, because the whole concept of Believing that Eid is, is because what we do is we tell this woman, listen, you want to get married based on Eid that's fine. But if you get it wrong, your life's going to be miserable. So I'm telling you, figure out a way to do a... Pro- this is one of those halachas. You're even going to lose ksubas benedichon. You're right. In halacha, should you lose ksubas benedichon? No. In halacha, maybe she shouldn't even lose her ksuba. In halacha, she shouldn't be teitzah mizeh mizeh. But it's all based on... It's all based on this halacha. I'm warning you that you get this wrong, it's going to be a big problem. And in that vein, she loses the ksubas Benin dichrin as well. Zok de gemar me inyan le inyan ba oisa inyan. Yosef Rav Barchanino came to Rav Chizda. Rav Barchanino was sitting in front of Rav Chizda. Yosef came and he said over Mishmei the Rabbi Lazar in the name of Rabbi Lazar. Mechelis ksuba salabaylo. A woman that's Michael her ksuba. 
So again, apparently this was not so unshriach. So a woman that's meichel ksuba ain't la mezaynis. The halach is she loses mezaynis. Rashi says, what does it mean she loses mezaynis? Ba'al menusa. So almana nizaynis menachsi yisaynis. But if she's meichel ksuba, she loses it. Why? Because the whole schus that an Amana has to be supported by the estate of the assignment is a Tanai Ksuba. Well, she was just Michael Ksuba. If she was Michael Ksuba, she loses the Tanai Ksuba. Right? Just like we said that if a woman's Michael Ksuba, she loses Ksuba Smendechren. Why? Because it's a Tanai Ksuba. That's the Me'inyan La'inyan part. So, so too, if she's Michael Ksuba, she's going to lose the Mezoinus. Now, the Rishonim speak out that you see it's only the Tanai Ksuba. Mizoinus that she loses. It's the Amon and Mizoinus that she loses. But what about regular support while she's married? Husband has to support his wife. That Avada she's going to get. What does she lose? She loses the Mizoinus of Amon and Mizoinus. And what's the difference? The difference is because Amon and Mizoinus is Tanayk Suba. And if she was Michael or Ksuba, Tanayk Suba, Ksuba, she loses that as well. However, the fact that a man has an obligation to provide support for his wife, that's nothing to do with Tanayk Suba. That's either the Rabbana and Tachas Maisi Yodera, or it's even a Dairaisa, Sherexus Vaina, the Gemara we learned, Amem Zainam Abeis. So that could be already Din Dairaisa, because it's Din Dairaisa, or certainly has nothing to do with Tanayk Suba. So Amman and Izainis Menechsi Yisoyimim is Tanayk Suba. So if she's Michael or Ksuba, she loses that, as opposed to the regular Chiyam Zainis, that has nothing to do with this. So again, the question was, Mecheles Ksubasa. Lebaila ain't la mezaynus amale. So the Gemara says that Rav and Bar Chananya said he loved the Kaamrali b'shmei the Gaver Rabbah. Had you not said this over in the name of Rabbi Lazar, who was a Gaver Rabbah, have Aminu I would have told you that I disagree because Shlomo Melech said in Mishlei Meishiv Ra Tachas Toiva Lei Tamush Rami Beisai. A person that's Meishiv Ra Tachas Toiva, you do a person a Toiva, and instead of giving you back a Toiva, what does he do? He gives you Ra. A person that returns Ra. But either way, so a person has to be a makatayv. And to me, a woman who was moichel or ksuba, now the yisoyimim and the husband, all of a sudden, they're exempt from giving her support. This is the classic meichavrat hachas toiva, like tamash rami beisai. It's not advisable. I would have said, absolutely, do not say over halacha like this. Up, oh, Rabbi Loza said it. And he's a gavir rabba. So if you said it, b'shem a gavir rabba, it's okay. Yosef, Rab Nachman, v'ulu v'avimi bar papi. Rab Nachman, ulo, and avimi bar papi, they were all sitting. Yosef, Rab Chiba, Rami Gavai. Rab Chiba, Rabba was sitting with them. Asahu gavra, a person walked in. The shchiva arusasai. This was a man whose arusa had died. So he was in a state of eris, and he was engaged, but engaged in the teiratiga way, where there was a real eris. And the question was, does he have to bury this Arusa or not? Does he have to pay for the Kfura or does he not have to pay for the Kfura? Now, the Gembraisa on Dachman Zayin mentioned that Tiknu Kfurasa Tachas Ksubasa that because a husband, when his wife dies, Yarshins the Ksuba, so in exchange for that, he has to pay for the Kfura. So the question was, is that only a Nesua or is that going to be true for an Arusa as well? This was the question. Amrudei, they told him Zil Kavar, either Bury her. I have luxubas, or you can yarshin the ksuba. You can't have it both. So either you're going to pay for the kfura, or you're going to have to give it the ksuba. Amalohu Ravchias. Ravchias was sitting there. So he told all the rabbanim. He said, "Tanino, lechayr avraya from a mishnah ishtoy arusa, a man whose wife." Was only an arusa. Loy oinein. There's no aninos if she dies. Loy metamla. If he's a koyin, he's not allowed to be metamla. Vechein he so to her. Loy oinenes. If he dies, there's no aninos. Loy metamla. She does not have an obligation to be metamatim. Right? A woman doesn't have an iser to be metamla, even if she's a koyenes. Emor va'amarta. 
It's Tafka Koyhanim. It's B'nei Aharon, not B'nei Saharon. But either way, Mesu, if she dies, in Yerushu doesn't Yarshin her. Mesu, if he dies, Goyva Ksubasa. She gets Ksuba. So Rabbi made a diak. He said, Time of the Mesu. It sounds like the only time she has Schusim of the Ksuba is if he dies. Her Mesu, he. But if she would die, ain't lo Ksuba, she would not have Ksuba. Now, what Ksuba would she get if she dies? She would have the Tanai Ksuba, this Chiv that he has to bury her. So it's Mashma that an Arusa who gets Ksuba is only Mesu. But if it's Mesahi, there's not going to be any Chiyav Ksuba. And because there's not going to be any Chiyav Ksuba, so he said that Lechayra, based on that, I think it's pretty, pretty clear, this is enough in Araya, that an Arus does not have an obligation to go ahead and to provide the Ksuba. So before we go weiter, just finish this Gemara, so Rashi explains what was really the Shail in the Gemara, right? what were the two Tzadim in the Gemara? The Gemara had a question. What about an Arus? An Arus, in the event that his Arusa dies, does he have a Chiv to bury her, or does he not have a Chiv to bury her? So Rashi says that the Shail of the Gemara was like this. When we say that Chazal and Mesakin Kfura Tachas Ksuba, which Ksuba are we referring to? And there's, really, there's two possibilities. One could be the fact that she yarsh, he Yarshins any Ksuba that she had, the Nadunya, what we're talking about. So she brought a Nadunya into the marriage. If she dies, he's now going to be the Yerush on the Nadunya. So maybe that's the Ksuba that we're referring to. So because he Yarshins the Nadunya, therefore he's going to have to bury her. Or you could say even a more Pashib shot that what it's referring to is, is that a man, if he's going to die first, is going to have a Chiv to provide Ksuba, the Messiah and the Man. If she dies first, he's going to be absolved from that Chiv. So the question is like this. If the Tiknu Kfurasa Tachas Ksubasa is the Nadunya, an Arusa that dies, there's no Nadunya to the man. The Nadunya was usually given with the Nesuan. So there's no Nadunya, there's no Nadunya, there's no Tiknu Kfurasa Tachas Ksubasa. If, however, the Ksuba means the fact that I won't have to pay out the Ksuba, an Aris does have to pay out the Ksuba. And because he has to pay out the Ksuba, so when she dies, he's yarshening the fact that he doesn't have to pay out the Ksuba, so therefore there should be a Chiyakfur. So really, the Shaila boils down to. What exactly Chazal meant when they said Is it the Yerush of the Nadunya, or is it the fact that you don't have to pay out the Messiah or the Mana? Bottom line is, Rav Chiyab seemed to have brought a Raya that uh, Arusa, he doesn't have to pay for the Kfura. And if that's the case, what do you see from there? That really, the Chiyab Kfura is associated with Yarshin in the Nadunya. Bottom line, the Gemara says, my time, what's the Makar to say this? Says the Gemara, Amr Avhoish, Ravhoish, he says, Inani Kairaba, because in this situation you can't say, Because you can't have this line of that it said in the Ksuba that when you go ahead and marry somebody else, then you're going to get everything that I gave over to you. That chalik of the Ksuba was not something that went into effect until the times of the Nesuin, and because that didn't go into effect until the time of the Nesuin, so this is not something that you're going to have at this time, that's why this is not going to be in the Gek. When Robin came from Eretz Yisrael, he said with the name of Rishlokish, Arusa Shemesa, and Arusa that dies, ain't lo ksuba, she has no ksuba, amul abaya, sabaya said, zilu amrile, go tell them in Eretz Yisrael, shkilu tivusich shad yachirzuye. Thanks, but no thanks. Man, I appreciate the halacha that you told me, that, again, what was the halacha, that Arusa Shemesa does not have ksuba, but Said it over and above, we already knew this based on the previous Gemara. Moving along. So now we're going to talk a little bit about the fact that when a man dies, he leaves over sons and daughters, so the sons Yarshin, and the daughters, they get supported, they get Mizoinus. Now, the Loshin of the Mishnah was 
that benon nukfin the yahavim lechiminoi yahavim yasfin bevesi they should stay in my house umetaznon menachsi they should be supported from my nechasin added to lakchun legufrin until they're going to be taken by husbands. So you see clearly that these girls they don't get supported forever. The mission sounds until they get married. Once they get married, at that point it's out. The Gemara is going to get into this a little bit more. Rav Tony Rav his gears in the mission was added to lakchun legufrin that these girls get supported until they marry somebody. Meaning, as long as they're single, they get to be supported. But once they get married, now it's the husband's obligation to support them. The Yisoyimim, their brothers, don't have to support them anymore. Levi Tani, Levi said, added to Bagrun. His girl was, and until they become a Bagaris. Once they become a Bagaris, at that point, the brothers are not going to have the Yarshans. Rav said, added to Lachun. You mean to tell me that if she becomes a Bagaris, she still gets supported? And for Levi, according to Levi, you tell me the only thing that matters is, is whether she's a Bagaris, but if she would get married before she's a Bagaris, she would still get supported? I mean, the Gemara is assuming that both have to be true. There's no way that she's getting supported once she's a Bagaris, and there's no way she's being supported once she gets married. Why not? What's the reason? The reason is, is because the reason the brothers are supporting their sister is they yarshin from the father. And really, they're doing what the father is sort of obligated to do. Now, the, the only time a father has any achrayas to his daughter is as long as she's single, A, and she's either a ketan or a naira. Marriage, nesuin, is mighty from the rishos of the father, and bagrus is also mighty from the rishos. So the assumption is that monies, that they yarshin from the father, that they now have to provide to the father's daughters should only be in effect if the girl's in a state where she'd still be in the rishos of her father if the father was alive. So once she's a bagarish, she's out of the rishos. Once she's in the sur, she's out of the rishos. So the Gemara, Rab said, marriage is what matters. Sounds like bagarish doesn't matter. Levi said, bagarish is what matters. It sounds like marriage doesn't matter. The Gemara says, it can't be. The Gemara says, you're right. Everybody agrees, bagarish or nesuin, being that it would be mercy from the rishos of the father, the Allah is right now, there'd be no chiv to support. Keep leaking. What's the machlik is? Ba'arusa v'loi bagar. Machlik is, Rav and Levi was, what happens if she became an arusa? Not an asua. She became an arusa v'loi bagar. However, she's not a bagaris. What's the Shiloh? Rav, when he said, added to he meant to say even Arusa. Avada Bagaris, Avada Nusu. He meant to say even Arusa. Levi said no. Added to Bagrin. If she's an Arusa, nothing until she becomes a Bagaris. Nusu, yeah, of course, Nusu too. So what's the Machlaikis? The Machlaikis of Adat Talakhun or not is Arusa. Is Arusa enough that you shouldn't have to support or not? Chaintani Levi, Levi taught in his Bryces. Added to Bagrin. What were Levi's Bryces, by the way? An important Rashi, not for now. The that added to Bakrun, the Yamtins, Maneon, the Insulin. Levi had in his Brysa that the brothers have to support until they become a Begaris, and the time comes for them to get married. What do you see from there? What does it mean the time comes to get married? So Rashi says, it's referring to an Arusa that already had Yud Beis Chaydish, Ayumat HaMitvach. So now the Allah is, you have to get married, right? At this point, you have to get married. At that point, you would be able to stop supporting. So you see from Levi that an Arusa would not have to support because it's added to Bakrun, either Begaris, or it's he gives man to get married. Now, if an Arusa already doesn't get supported, so a year ago, at that point, she wasn't supposed to get anything. But the Mara says, Tarti, do you need both? Added to Bakrun, the Yamtis Manen, the Insul, the Mara says, no. Elo, oi, the way you read the Bible says, oi, te Vagrun, oi, Yamtis Manen, Linsuve. It's one or the other. Bottom line is, is that we had a Machloikis, Rav and Levi. Until when does a the brothers have an obligation to support their sister based on the Yerusha that they took, based on the Tanaik Suba. So what's the halacha? The halacha is, for sure if she becomes a Bagaris, it's over. For sure if there's Nesuin, it's over. Machloik is Rav and Levi, if she's an Arusa. This Machloik is, Amayurom is really Machloik is Tanam. Until when does 
do the brothers have an obligation to support their sisters? Until she becomes an Arusa. They said, Again, for sure. But the question is, Arusin. Where she's not a bagaris, he sees machlekes tanam. Tony Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef told in a brayse adeya havyon until there's going to be a havaya. Havaya means marriage. Iboilu havaya de erisin or havaya de resuin. Which marriage? Take her. We don't know. Amalei Rav Chizda Rav Yosef. Rav Chizda asked Rav Yosef. Mishmi alach minei de Rav Yehuda. Have you heard in the name of Rav Yehuda? Rusi yesh lamazaynus ein lamazaynus. You know. I'm curious. Did you hear anything from Rav Yehuda? Rav Yosef was a Talmud of Rav Yehuda. So Rav Chizda asked Rav Yosef, "Tell me, were you makabel from your grace at Rebbe whether Arusa has mazaynus or not?" Amalei said, "He told him Mishmi lish." No, I didn't hear anything. I think it's far. She shouldn't have mezainus, and Arusa should not have mezainus. Why? Because given the irsul and nichola, the titzel. The whole idea of supporting this girl is is she needs someone to take care of her. Well, if she's engaged, so her husband's going to take care of her. There's an Arus over here. He's going to take. He told him, I don't agree with you. If you have no klara mesayra, misvara, I think you should say just the opposite. Isla, she should have. Why? Because. Because it's possible that this man's going to marry this woman and he's going to find that she had a mum of some sorts that's going to cause the marriage to be a mekachtoy. So right now, even though, yeah, he's getting married, but he doesn't really know if this is going to really work out. And as a result, I don't think he's going to spend money to support her. So two ways to look at it. Rav Yosef held, what do you mean? She, she has an arus. The arus is going to take care. And he timed it back. Rav Chizda did. How do you know the marriage is going to work out? So maybe B'Shas Nosuin, it's going to come out there was a mum. And he's not going to want to be married. But really, what does it depend on? Whether or not this Arusa should get supported or not? It depends on, do we have a concern that no one's going to take care of her? So the brothers, that's their obligation. Do we say, being that she's an Arusa, the Arusa is going to take care of her? Some had this exchange, just the opposite. Amale, Rav Chizda told... Rav Yosef, tell me, did you hear anything from Rav Yehuda? So he said, Mishmal Ishmili, no. But Misfar Yislam, Misfar, I think she should get. Because who's going to take care of him? Him? I don't think he's going to take care of her because what happens if the marriage is not going to work out? Amalei, so he told him just the opposite. If he didn't hear anything, Misfar, last, I think as far as she shouldn't get anything because given the irso, no, at the end of the day, he's going to take care of her. He will take care of her. So two ways to look at whether the Aris will take care, will not take care, and it plays itself out. As it relates to this halacha, we can breathe. Exhale. So just two ha'aris as it relates to today's daf. Actually, let's take that back. Two ha'aris that have nothing to do with today's daf. Both ha'aris from Rabruvi Margolis. And in the spirit of the fact that next week is Rabruvi Margolis' yard site, Vav Elul, his 51st yard site, Two ha'aras. One ha'ara is a ha'ara that we've spoken out before, but the aim-based medrash below chiddush. And I was thinking, you know, the Velt says, how often can you repeat a dvar Torah? How often can you repeat a joke? How often can you repeat a ma'isa? Right? How often can you repeat a vart for Rav Ruben Margolis? Not often, meaning a lot of time has to pass before you say over a vart again that we've said over from Rav Ruben Margolis. But the aim-based medrash below chiddush. The first ha'ara is... Gemara on Dafnun Amad Aleph on the bottom brought a pasuk. The pasuk says, "Hoin va'oisha bevesai v'tzid kasoi oimedes laat." The pasuk says, "Hoin va'oisha bevesai." This is a person that's a wealthy person. He has hoin. He has oisha bevesai. He wants to give tzedakah. If he gives tzedakah, his account is going to be debited. Naturally, you give tzedakah, you're going to lose something. Now there's all the haftachas, venasnu, but at the same time, tachlas. Right now, you give tzedakah, you're not going to have the, the monies that you just gave. However, it's possible for a person to 
meaning you're going to be a grace about stalker, but at the same time, your Ashiris is going to be maintained, you're not going to lose anything. How is that possible? So the Gemara said, Rafuna Ravchizda, it was a Machoikis Rafuna Ravchizda. Chadama once said, It's referring to someone that learns Torah and he teaches Torah. If somebody learns Torah and he teaches Torah, teaching Torah is a form of Chesed. The Torah is Chesed, Allah Shaymah, the Gemara says in the end of he's doing chesed. Now, if a person teaches Torah, he doesn't lose. And because he doesn't lose, so he's but he's also and the other says it's referring to someone that writes Torah and he lends them to other people. This person is doing tzedakah, because he's lending his Torah, he's lending his svarim, he's giving people an opportunity to be able to learn Torah, right? Let's not take for granted that they didn't have svarim once upon a time the way we have today. So this person's lending his Sefer Torah, his Nevi'im, his Ksuvim, so that people are going to be able to learn. But at the same time, he still owns his Torah, Ksuvim. He's not really losing out. So these are two examples of Hoin Va'osha Bevesai, Vitzinkasai Medeslot. Haloi Metayra Malamda, or a Kaisif Tayranavim Ksuvim, Umashil Lacher. Now, who said these two Pshatim? Rafun Rav Chizda. Which one of the Amairan said which Pshat? We don't know. Rafun Rav Chizda. Chadomer? Vichadomer. So Rabbi Margolis, in his Sefer, Shem Oilon, and it's Ois Kufhe. So he says that even though the Gemara did not know, or did not reveal to us which one of these two pshatim was stated by Rafuna and which one was stated by Rav Chizda. But he says, Lule de Mistafina, maybe we can bring a clutter raya to which one of these memories was said by which one of the Amira. And Rav Ruven Margolis' journey begins with a Gemara in the Sechtis Bava Basra, Daf Yud This is a Gemara, incidentally, that we referred to earlier in the week where the Gemara discussed that Rav Ami wrote 400 Sifrei Torah, why the number 400? Either way, so in the context of that Gemara, the Gemara says, Rav Huna Kosav Shivin Sifrei Deiraisa. Rav Huna wrote 70 Sifrei Torah. So you see that Rav Huna was someone that was a cipher. He wrote 70 Sifrei Torah. In fact, there's a Yerushalmi in the third parakel Masechtas Kalayim that says, Rav Huna Safra the Sidra. Rav Huna was a cipher. So Rav Huna, we know, was someone that wrote Sifrei Torah. Okay. Now, this Sifrei Torah that Rafuna wrote, he wrote it for Parnassah? That's what he did to earn a living? Or did the reason Rafuna write the Sifrei Torah was for some ulterior motive? So, Zakhar Ruvim Argolis, I have a clutter raya. You know why? Because there's many, many Gemaras that say that Rafuna was an usher gadol. Brachis Tafhei, that's the one Gemara he quotes. But he says there's many, many Maramakoimis for this, that Rafuna was very, very wealthy. The Gemara says in Masachtis Psachim, why did they fast? That they shouldn't become wealthy. Because we were, they were afraid that if they would become wealthy, they'd go into a whole different business. And they would snap writing, say, So the already fast. And they were Masana Khoft Alatanaisim that a person that writes Sefatarit Fil and Mazuzas, he shouldn't become a girl. See, he says, if Ravuna wrote Sefatarit Fil and Mazuza as a Parnasa, if this is what he did, this was his Geshef, then he wouldn't ever become an Oshagadal. Because the already tiniest from the Anshek Nasagdailo. Balkarch, this is not what he did for Parnasa. It has to be that for Parnasa he did something else. This wasn't what he did. So he said, if that's the case. 
if that's the case, he didn't do it for Parnassah, so why did he do it? Why did he do it? Presumably he did it because he wanted to lend it to other people. So Rav Huna, we know, wrote 70 Sifrei Tayyar. The Yushalmi in Kalai and Perikimel Allah Aleph refers to him as Safra the Sidra. We know he was an Oisha Gadol, and based on the Gemara in Psachim, Dafnun Amabez, we would therefore know that he didn't do this for Parnasa. Bal Karchach, he was a Kaisif Sefer Tayyar, Tzul Mezuzis, Umashilon. This is obviously what he did. It's very, very mistaber. That if Chad Omar Rafuna and Chad Omar Rav Chizda, that Hoin Vaisha Bevesa, if it's a Kasa and Medeslad, say a Kais of Turnavim Muksuv Mashin Lacherim, that Rafuna, who we know for a fact was Mikhaim this Indian, see, was probably Dirish Mikhaim. And if he was Dirish Mikhaim, it's probably Rafuna that was the one that said that. Says Rav Rangolis, in Kainam Advarim, give me Ash of Akasha that really bothered me. He said, because the Gemara says, if you write Tarnavi and you you lose nothing. You don't lose anything from doing that. Why? Because there's no hefsid. He's going to return it. You're going to have everything the way you gave it. Is that true? Is that really true? There's Gemara in Mesachtis Bav It's in Perik Elam Metziyas. The Mishnah over there discusses the theme of Elam Metziyas. Elam Metziyas Shaloi. What happens if somebody finds svarim? So there's rules and regulations in terms of you're allowed to use them, how often you're allowed to use them. It's not so poshit that you're allowed to use the svarim. And there's different dinim that govern these halachis as it relates to somebody that finds a sefer Torah. Not just that. There's halachis that govern if somebody borrows a sefer Torah. Are you allowed to lend it to somebody else? Are you not allowed to lend it to somebody else? So there's like answer shulchan aruch. If somebody has a sefer Torah, could you lend it? How often are you allowed to use it? Why? So it's the reason is Rashi because it's something that can very easily get ruined and because it can get ruined so therefore that's what posh it if you borrow say, your neighbor wants to borrow it you can't just go ahead and lend it because there's a hefzit over here even though we know that but at the same time this is something that involves hefzit and because it involves hefzit you're not allowed to do it so Frank Rebbe from that I understand if you're going to have a Sefer Torah and you're going to lend it out to the whole world it's gewaldig but but where's the Hoyn Vaisha Bevesa? Lachari is Zicha losing. Why are you losing? Because it's a Mephurish Gemar Bab Metziah. You see clearly it's, it's Miskalkel, it's Metashtesh, so Lachari there is a loss. But he said, I think the Teretz is Azai. There's a Mishnah, Mesechtus Psachim, Daf Nun Heyamidbeis. The Mishnah over there discusses if somebody was a, a farmer and he had chickens back in the day. And they're sitting on top of the eggs and they're, they're doing what they do. So like this, the eggs are eventually going to hatch. And then all of a sudden, the chickens are not laughing. Right? They cross the road. So all of a sudden, they're not here anymore. Are you allowed to go bring them back? Are you allowed to hop them? So the Mishnah says that sometimes you are, sometimes you're not. If it's Yontif or if it's Cholamoid. So specifically as it relates to Cholamoid, so the Halach is that if it's going to involve some uh, form of loss, if you're not going to do it, say so you let it be mahadur them. You let it bring them back on cholamoid. The only time this is true is in the event, maybe the only time you let it take the chickens and bring them back to the eggs is if it's within three days from when they started sitting on these eggs because they're very, very high are the chickens and as a result, it's within three days from when they ran away so we assume they're still hot and as a result, there's going to be, it's kedai for you to go ahead and do it. But, 
once three days already pass, at that point, you're not allowed to go bring them back. The Gemara said that Ravami argued. Ravami said, even then Madrinon. Either way, just fast forwarding. The Gemara says, but my commitment, what was the machloikis of when you could bring the chickens back, when you can't bring the chickens back? So the Gemara, Marsovar, Rafuna held, Lahefsin Maruba Chashashu. Because I was concerned about a Hefsin Maruba, of Lahefsin Mur, like Chashashu. They weren't worried about a Hefsin Mur. Marsovar, Ravami held, Lahefsin Mur, Nami Chashashu. Because I was worried about a Hefsin Mur as well. In other words, Rafuna Shita, Imsachim Nun Heyam and Beis is that Chazal were worried about Hefsin Maruba, not Hefsin Mur. He said it in Hilchas Chalomoid. It is a concept of Dovera Ovid where you're allowed to do Malacha. So what's Dovera Ovid? It would have to be a Hefsin Merubah, but it can't be a Hefsin Muad. Since Okra Ruvah Margolis, that Rav, if we're going to say that who is the man number that said Hoin Vaisha Bevesa if it said Kasim at the slot? It's Rafuna. Because Rafuna, Baba Basu Dafi Dalaman Aleph, wrote 70 Sifritair. And Rafuna, in the third paragraph of Yushami Mesachas Kalim, was Safra the Sidra. And Ravuna, we know for sure, didn't do it for Parnassah because he was an Asher Brachas Daf Hey. And Anshik Nasa the fast of 24 Tanesim Shalai Yisashu in Psachim Daf Nun. So if it's Ravuna, you can ask me a Kasha from Bava Mitzia Chavtes that how could you tell me it's Hoim Vaisha Bevesoy? It's not Hoim Vaisha Bevesoy. It's going to tear, there's going to be a little bit of a kilkel. Zokta, I hear, but that's a Hefsin Muad. Ravuna Vishitasoy in Psachim Nun Hey, I'm in days. It holds the Hefsin Muad like Hashishu in the Sukhis of Dabarab and Achalamai. So if he holds the Hefsin Muad like Hashishu, therefore you don't have to worry. About it, so he says it's posher to me that it was Rav Huna was the one that said of and Rav Chizda was the one that said We could understand one more Gemara. The Gemara says When Rav Huna's nishama part of this world, they wanted to put a sefer on his bed. Something that Rafuna we know had paid on during his lifetime. We're going to go ahead and do now. I once saw Rafuna wanted to sit down on a bed. And then he sat there. But when Rafuna died, what they want to do? They wanted to put a sefer on his bed. Why did they want to put a Sefer Torah on the bed of Rafuna? Because Rafuna was a Kaisif Sefer Torah. But he didn't just write Sefer Torah. He did tremendous chesed during his entire lifetime. And this was Sitkosoy Medes Lad. And right now, Bishas Ptirosoy, where it's going to be Sitkosoy Medes Lad. What did they do? They wanted to take a Sefer Torah and put it on a bed. Whose bed? On the bed of Rafuna. That's the first Torah. The second Ha'ara, which is based on the Torah of Rabruvim Magolis is earlier in the week, we spoke at a Medrash Rabbah in Shira Shir and Parashaches. It's a Medrash Niflo that tells us the rest of the story of Rabbi Yechanan. So Rabbi Yechanan, the Medrash says, was once traveling from Tveria to Tzipayrin, and his Talmud Rabbi Yechanan Rabbah was Samachle. He was coming together with him. And as they traveled, they passed houses and gardens and businesses and geshefts. And every single big impressive edifice that they passed, Rabbi Yechanan says, you see that? I used to own it. You see that? I used to own it. He said, what happened? He said, I went back to Yeshiva. I wanted to learn Taira. And I needed money. So I sold everything. And like this, I ended up having money. And when Rabbi Yechanan heard that, he started to cry. He said, I can't believe this is what you did. He says, you're crying? He said, I gave up Olam Hazah, which was... Something that was nitein l'shisha yomim, shenema kisheshes yomim asa Hashem, and I exchanged it for Torah that was nitein l'arboim yomim, shenema vayihisham im Hashem arboim yomim. Zok to Gemara. Kadomach Rabbi Yechonon, when Rabbi Yechonon passed away, ha yedoyre kare olav. The doyre Rabbi Yechonon said on him, 
the following pasuk im yitain ish as kol hoin beisai beahava boz yavuzula. You know that's referring to who was someone that gave up kol hoin beisai beahava. It's Rabbi Yochanan. Beahava sha'av Rabbi Yochanan satayra. Rabbi Yochanan had this incredible ahava satayra, ahava satayra that led him to such an act of mysterious nefesh that he gave everything away. And so now that you see that it required ahava satayra. That was the nakuda that was necessary to make this level of sacrifice. But the bottom line is it was we spoke a lot about this medrash earlier in the week so I was just thinking one knech based on Ray that we've spoken about over the years but primarily primarily based on a shtickle from Rabruvim Margolis and that is the Gemara Mesechtes Yuma another classic Daftes on the base tells a story Rish was once swimming in the Yardin and even though Rish Lakish we know was a Gibar Chayel but it seems that he was having a hard time catching himself if he was drowning. And Rabbi Barbarchana was near. He gave him his hand. And as Rabbi Barbarchana gives Rishlokish his hand, Rishlokish starts a conversation with Rabbi Barbarchana. It was a pretty tough conversation. He told him, You should know, Hashem hates you. Hashem hates me. I thought Hashem loves me. No, Hashem hates you because of yada yada. And the Gemara asks Akasha. Says the Gemara, Rishlokish struck up a conversation with Rabbi Barbarchana? I can't believe it. He was the Moradari Yisrael. Yet Rish Lakish wouldn't talk to him. Why? Because the man the Mishtoi Rish Lakish Badei Bishok, because any person that Rish Lakish would have a conversation with in the Shok, Yavale Iska Belay Sahadi. People would give him an investment, they would give him money Belay Sahadi, and they wouldn't require Aidim, because they would say, if Rish Lakish is talking to him, so must be this person is, is very, very Hashem. So a person like this, people wouldn't, Rish, people would. Rish Lakish understood that he's setting up a situation by talking to people and he wouldn't talk to me. Even Rabbi Lazar, who was married to Arad Yisrael, even him, he wouldn't talk to. So if that's the case, right, the Gemara, how's it possible that Rish Lakish had a conversation with Rabbi Barbachana? Now this Gemara is Enoi Oimer Elo Dershuni. It's a Chidastuma. It sounds like from the Gemara that Rish Lakish wouldn't talk to Rabbi Lazar who was murdered the Arad Yisrael because he was afraid that if he's going to talk to Rabbi Lazar, people are going to think Rabbi Lazar is a chash of a person and people may lend him money or people may do gesheften with him below Sahadi. And you know what's going to happen? You're going to be setting up a situation for a person to be koifrakol, to say to be mixers, to need a shvuas right? To learn ksubas and bava and everything else. So he was afraid of that. And because of that, he didn't, as if he didn't trust Rabbi Lazar, how's it possible that Rish Lakish would not have trusted Rabbi Lazar. So Rabbi Margolis, in a Sefer Oilulis, set up Shat Nifla. That is, the Gemara says, in Mesechtis Bava Metziah, Daf Ayin Heyamid Beis, the Gemara is in the end of Perik Ezeu Nashech. Rish Lakish, Amar, Rish Lakish says, that if somebody has Mois, Umalva Oysen Shloi Be'edim, and he lends them to somebody without Edim, Goyrim Klala Atzmai, he's bringing Klala onto himself. And he quoted a Pasuk for it. So if somebody has money, he lends it to somebody else, and there's no Edim, he's Goyrim Klala Atzmai. Zok to Gemara, Onrulei Rabbanu Ravashi, the Rabbanu told Ravashi, Kamekayim Ravina Koma the Amar Rabbanu, you know, your Talmud, Ravina, right? Ravina, Ravashi, they had a Talmud Chavar relationship. Ravashi was the Rebbe, and Ravina was the Talmud. So they told Ravashi, you know, your Talmud Ravina, he's Mekayim, everything that the Rabbanim say, every day rice, every Rabbanim, every Balnefesh Yachmer, every Chumra, every Taviyol of Bracha. He's Mekayim, everything. So Ravashi says, you know something, I want to see for myself. Sholach, Lebahadi, Pani, Demali, Shabbat. It was Erev Shabbos. 
and he sent a, a shliach. Somebody comes knocking on Ravina's door, and the shliach says, "L'shadeli mara soros ruzi." This Ramli katina the arul misbin. I'm a shliach from Ravashi. Ravashi said he has a, an investment. He needs a little bit of money. Can you please give him some money? Now we know Ravashi was Torah v'gdul b'makamech. Literally, the Gemara says it about Ravashi. When the Gemara talks about Torah v'gdul b'makamech, the Gemara says it about Ravashi. But either way, Ravashi has a small investment. It's erev Shabbos. Ravina's getting ready for Shabbos. Mamish boyvin eitzay likras shagala likras Shabbos malkasa. And he says his Rebbe Ravashi has a, something he needs to buy. He needs a few dollars. So the Gemara says Ravina told the shliach, go back to Ravashi and tell him shalach le nesi mar sahadi. Bring Aiden, and then we'll write a star, and I'll give you the money that you need. No problem. So Ravashi sent the Shliach back to Ravina. He said, Afilu Anon Nami? Me? Well, you don't trust me? You need Aiden? Why would you need Aiden? So he told him, Koshke, No, no, no. I'm more worried about you than about somebody else. The Torah Begirse, because you're so Torah Begirse, you're so orangutan in your learning, Mishtali, I'm afraid you're going to forget that this ever happened. And it's going to end up bringing Klolo to me. So you see from here that for a person to be malva mois, shaloy pe'eden, it's not pasha. In fact, he's goyrim klololatzmi. Who said it? The names matter in Rav Ruvim Margolis' Taira. Rich Shlokish is the one that said it. Not only that, you see from the Gemara that Ravina was particularly concerned about Ravashi. Davka, because Ravashi was so great, and he's so torrid begirse, he's running Klal Ravashi. So it's for that reason I'm precisely worried about you. Because I'm afraid that maybe, that maybe, maybe, you're going to, by mistake, accidentally forget that this ever happened, and I'm going to be greater than Klal Atzman. So he said as follows. Gemara says in Masech, this Eruvin Dafnun Dalur Amid Veis. My Dichsiv Ba'avoso Tishke Tomid. Ayelus Ahovin V'yalas Chein Tadeo Yiravucha B'cholais Ba'avoso Tishke Tomid. Shleim HaMelech said this in Mishlei. He said, who is it referring to? Kugoyin Rebbe Lazar ben Pedas. It's referring to the Amor Rebbe Lazar. Under all of our Rebbe Lazar, it said regarding Rebbe Lazar, He would sit and he would learn Torah in the Shukah Tachten of Tzipayri. And sometimes he would find his frack his record would be in the Shuka Elyon of Tzipari. Why? Because he was Bavosa Tishketamit. And he was so orangutan in his learning, he would push and forget where he was. He would lose total track of his surroundings. And sometimes he would leave something in the Shuka Tachtain. And he, next thing you would know, he would find it in the Shuka Elyon. So Zakrav Magolis, it's Pashit, that's the Gemara in Yuma Daftesam. This is Mamish Emes Lamita. He says, You want to know why Rishlokish? Didn't talk to Rabbi Lazar. Zok the Gemara. It's because Mandim Mishtoi Reish Lakish Bahadei Beshog Yovali Iskavali Sahadi. And the cash is Rabbi Lazar. Why would you be worried about Rabbi Lazar? The terror is because why was Reish Lakish so sensitive to this Indian? Why was he so afraid about talking to somebody about? In the shuk, which would ultimately lead to Yovali Iskabalay Sad, it's Rishlokish Lashitas and Bavim Tsiai and Hayam Beis, who said that if somebody does that, he's going to Klala Latzma. And the Gemara said that Ravina was more sensitive with his Rebbe Ravashi than anybody else about being going to Klala Latzma, Davka, because Ravashi was so Torah Begirsay. And he was afraid that he was going to lose focus and he was going to lose track of everything that's going on. Is Rabbi Lazar, who the Gemara said in Erev and Nundalad Amadeis, because of Avasa Tishke Tamid, so you see that Maisa Shahoyah, he was Yoyshev Ba'oyseh B'tayrah, Amru Olaf, this didn't happen one time. Shahoyah Yoyshev Ba'oyseh B'tayrah V'shuk Atacht in Shaltzipayri V'shadine Muta V'shuk Ha'oli in Shaltzipayri So you're going to go ahead, you're going to give him money but Sahadi, he's not going to remember. Avasa Tishke Tamid, he forgot his frack. He's not going to remember this. And as a result, he was so worried about Babasa Tishka Tamar Rabbi Lazar, and that's why, that's why he was concerned 
with Rabbi Lazar. I just had one hergish. The hergish was Rabbi Lazar goes down as Bavasa Tishketamid. Who's the semel of Bavasa Tishketamid? It's a Gemara, a Bavli. It's Rabbi Lazar ben Pedas. He was the semel, the symbol of someone that was Bavasa Tishketamid. We began with a Shirashirim Rabbi, where the Shirashirim Rabbi said regarding. The great Rabbi Yochanan, and Yitain Ish is called Who is the person that gave away everything? But why did he do it? For Ahava, not because he was Mechashev's Char Mitzvah Kenegad of It wasn't Machmas Yira. He did it be Ahava, Sha'ar Who was that? It was Rabbi Yochanan. So we have the great Rabbi Yochanan, who is Mechayim, one Pasik of Yitain Ish is called that's Rabbi Yochanan. And we have Rabbi Lazar, who's the symbol of another Pasek, Ba'avasa Tishketamid. What's the relationship between Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Lazar? So we know it was a Talmud Rabbi relationship. But it was more than just a Talmud Rabbi relationship. This is something we've talked a lot about. Gemara says in Yavamis, Tavtzadik Vavamid Beis, that Rabbi Lazar was once sitting in the base Medrash and he was saying over Torah, and he was saying over Torah that he heard from Rabbi Yochanan, but he wasn't saying it over in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. And Rabbi Yochanan heard about it, Ikbid, he got very upset, and the Olam tried being Menachemim, and nobody was able to be Menachemim until Rabbi Yaakov Aridi came, and Rabbi Yaakov Aridi told Rabbi Yochanan, he says, Rabbi Yochanan, he says, let me give you some Nechama. You know, the Pasik says that Yeshua Benun was Darshin, Kashetziv Hashem es Moshe Avtai, he said, I'm asking you. You think every time Yeshua Benun said something, he said, This is something I heard from Moshe Rabbein? Of course not. Yeshua Benun would sit and he would give a drash. Everybody knew. So he told him, said, It's true. He's saying over your Torah and he's not saying over in your name. But he's saying it over Stam. And everybody knows that it's your Torah. Because Rabbi Lazar's to you like Yeshua Benun is to, to Moshe Rabbein. Amal Lehem, Rabbi Yechelen said, he turned to his other Talmidim, Why don't you have the ability to mefayis me like Rabbi Yaakov Aridi was? But the relationship between Rabbi Yechelen and Rabbi Lazar, this was a relationship of, of Moshe Rabbeinu, literally, and Yeshua Benun. Chazal were the ones that gave us this marshal. We once said that the Gemara says in my cotton daf chafei amid base kinoch nafshid Rabbi Yochanan Rabbi Yochanan passed away pasuk alei Rabbi Yisrael ben Elazar so Rabbi Yisrael ben Elazar was maspidim and he said kosha yoyim liYisrael today is such a bad day it's kiyoyim ba Hashemesh b'tzarayim it's like a day when the sun sets prematurely like a day that the sun sets during the tzarayim Rabbi Yochanan was referred to by the Safton as the Shemesh. Why the Shemesh? Because the Pasuk, the Gemara says in the beginning of Parak HaMoiches HaSfina, Bavabasra Dafayin Hei, that Pnei Moshe was Kepnei HaChamo, and Pnei Yeshua was Kepnei HaLavana. Rabbi Yochanan was the Chamo. He was Moshe Rabbeinu. He was the source. And he had his Lavana. Who was his Lavana? Moshe Rabbeinu's Lavana was Yeshua Benun. Rabbi Yochanan's Lavana was Rabbi Lazar. And we spoke at once, also from Rabbi Ruben Margolis, he has a, an Arichus Gedoyla, that there's so many Rabbi Lazars that are word for word, that are verbatim, Rabbi Yochanan, it's all based on this concept, it's based on this theme, that the, his batlos between Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Yochanan was on a different level than what you usually find with a Rebbe and a Talmud. Ad Kach, that it's regarding this relationship between Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Lazar, that Chazal used the marshal of Moshe Rabbeinu and Yeshua Benun, which is a 
muscle of Pnei Chama and Pnei Alevana. What's the Levana? It has no R. Its whole Metzius is, is that it reflects the light of the sun. Rabbi Loz's whole Metzius is that he reflected the light of Rabbi Yochanan. It was true for the Torah that Rabbi Loza said over in the name Rabbi Yochanan. But it seems that it was also true for the approach to Torah that Rabbi Yochanan had. Rabbi Yochanan was the seminal of Imyitein Ish as Kol Hoin Beisoy Be'ahava Boz Yavuzuloi says the Shir Hashirim Rabbah what's Be'ahava? Be'ahava Sha'av Rabbi Yochanan as Rabbi Yochanan had this incredible Ahava Satayra all the Gedolim all the Rabban all the Amiram all the Tanam all the Tzadikim did but Chazal used Rabbi Yochanan as the Moshal of someone that had this incredible incredible Ahava Satayra who is it? it's Rabbi Yochanan who else do we find that? Not coincidentally, we find it by Rabbi Lazar. That's Rabbi Lazar. Why? Because, like the Pasuk says, that Yeshua Benun, that Levana is it's saying over the Torah and it's the Anhogis, it's even the approach that I have a Rabbi that. Rabbi Yochanan had for the Torah was something that Rabbi Lazar had as well. It's a knech, but I think it's uh, a, a knech that's teeth in terms of the herring, the fact that it's Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Yochanan that are the two Amoyram that go down as the ones that are the symbols of the Havasat Torah.